What's going on, everybody? The 31st installment of the Dogs Football Podcast. Back again here on this Thursday. As you guys remember, we probably said, and we always do have our previews for the upcoming opponent on Friday, but we are both uh, have plans tomorrow, so we will not be able to do it. So here we are today. Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. Noah, what's going on? Yeah, well, uh, we're two days away now from a big game in Carbondale. It's blackout to cancer, so we know there's a lot of playoffs or high school football going on, but let's let's get out there and pack those stands. Yeah, you mentioned blackout to cancer. There's also Military Appreciation Day, so it'll be a lot of veterans in attendance with a lot of stuff going on. We will mention all that again here at the end, and we will preview the Bears as a top 25 Matchup, once again, a noon game. Yes, definitely looking to get off the schneid of the one loss with another good one to add to the resume. We will have all of that at the end. Noah, let's start out with, we always feel like, obviously, if there's a commitment or something, it's always, uh, you know, we always talk about the recruit first, but these are just interests, and these these are some nice uh, veteran uh, interest that we have going on that uh, these two added with some other ones we've talked about. This is what we've talked about. We want next year more and more like we have this year, more and more veterans to add to this team. Now let's talk about two new ones. Yeah, we have two new ones. It's uh, We're hitting the JUCO ranks quite a bit here recently. Um, Braden Bryant uh, from Butler Community College is a offensive lineman. Um, we have two other guys, another lineman and a receiver we have offers out to at Butler. So we have a lot of entrance to them. Then uh, the newest one today is a transfer from Murray State. Uh, defensive tackle Isaiah Reed. Um, you said he looked like a monster. He is a monster. He is huge. I think he's 6'4", almost 300 pounds. So um, two years left. Of eligibility, so that'd be a big add to this defense because we know we're losing some guys. Yeah, an all-conference defensive lineman would be nice to steal it from Murray because, like we've said, you know they're seems like on the cusp in general of joining. Definitely for basketball, we would assume maybe because who knows what could happen with the realignment we've talked about multiple times that Murray could be coming here. It's just nice to steal somebody from you know a, a team like that, especially uh, you know. If he looks like this, yeah, he does look like a monster. He's all conference, so whether that's saying a lot in the OVC, that's still good. Yes, and we, yes, we all the veterans we've added this year, we'd like to keep that going. So hopefully we can land those two guys. That's great to see Noah. And then we talked about how uh, we kind of expect some more recruits at these last two home games, and we we know of a couple. We'll see a lot more. Let's get into the ones we know. Yeah. Uh... Um, like like I think I mentioned on the last pod, a lot of our commits won't be able to make anything because they're still playing. So, and hopefully that's that's the thing for a lot of guys because I know Nikhil like says we like to recruit winners in that out of the in their high school days. So hopefully um, till later in the year we won't have maybe a playoff game if we get a home playoff game or something. We won't have a lot of visits. But yeah, we had a last last I think I mentioned last time, but Matthew Craig. An offensive line slash defense alignment, 6'3", 253 at a Wentzville Liberty High School. He's 2023 class. He will be there, he said. Then I believe today or yesterday, another one, uh, Michael Lanier, a quarterback slash athlete standout for Macon, Missouri, will be there, he tweeted. So that's two guys from the 2023 class we're getting in here to get early looks at. 
what we do here and uh, hopefully we'll, we can continue on them and they get better and we land them sometime next year. Yeah, 4.640, a 405 squad with a 235 bench with Michael. Another quarterback and DB kind of a mix. So that'll be interesting for sure. And yeah, who knows? I mean, obviously, if we want to keep having success, it's just in general of catching these guys' eyes and saying, yeah, I want to go play there. They're good kind of thing. And But it'd be another one of those adding quarterbacks to the room, which obviously I don't think he'd be a quarterback here. So definitely... An athlete in general would be nice to have for sure. Be looking forward to him in a couple of years. Uh, now, Noah, let's jump into as we talk about every single week our 2022 guys and their games this weekend. Yeah, it's continue on district. So all all players are in action this weekend. Um, starting with our boy Jimmy Lansing, he is hosting them and Shamanot are hosting three seated Fort Zumwalt South. So that's tomorrow night. Um, we'll stay in touch with that, see what we can find on. We know we got a link he sent us, but uh, we have plans, so we'll stay in touch on Twitter, through on our feed, see what's going on there. Um, Charles Young, they are hosting four-seeded Herman, so Lutheran St. Charles. They are on the road. They beat them earlier in the year. I mentioned last pod, 50 to nothing, so uh, don't expect a very – it is playoff, so it's probably expect a different game there, not as big as a blowout. But uh, our boys at Lutheran North, um, they are also hosting four-seeded Orchard Farm coming off a bye. So uh, they're back in action. Then uh, Orchard Farm. Orchard Farm, yeah. Wow. Um, St. Dominic and Ryan Schwindeman, they're going a tough test on the road Saturday at McClure. So that's a big game for them with their season on the line then west plains is back in action this week uh, they're hosting four seeded logan rogersville a six and three team and out of the regular season tomorrow night then our boy trey baker trey baker is hosting four seeded raymore peculiar they beat them 41 14 earlier this year so expect another dominant then can't forget down in georgia uh, ryan chanley and cherokee they have a tough test at milton tomorrow night that's a district game so We'll see what happens there. Best of luck to our, all our commits and re, and re, guys we're recruiting in districts slash playoffs this weekend. We know it's a big weekend, seasons on the line. So, hope we know we got another we got we got a home game coming up in a couple weeks. So, uh, hopefully these guys are still playing and they can't make the trip yet. You're right. We do wish them luck, like we do every single week. With their seasons being on the line, we know that all those guys and how talented they are, they will. Do whatever it takes to extend their season. So, yeah, good luck to them. Noah, some notes here before we get into uh, some more stuff. There's another bracketology out this week. Uh, Mike tweeted a couple days ago that last Saturday, Anthony Knight and tied all-century team defensive end Brian Archibald, who played from 98 to 01 for SIU career tackles for loss, lead with 48. Quay Brown tied with the great Jeremy Chen for 25th in SIU career tackles. With 243, which as we know, I remember we talked about before the game, he was only like however many away, so he didn't get a lot of tackles last game, which was a surprise. We knew he was going to break it or tie Jeremy. And then, no, obviously, Anthony Knighton, we're not surprised with tackles for loss. It seems like the big thing he's able to do now because he's not really rushing the passer all that well. Um, you know, we're obviously hoping and praying every single week that we can have a tweet ready to tweet that he. Broke the record. We're still looking for that, and it could happen at any time, so we'll be looking forward to that. And then there was one on Nick Baker. 
He is the first Saluki to pass for over 2,000 yards in a season since Josh Strong passed for 2,400 yards in 2016. Baker has 2,100 yards passing the season, which is kind of crazy, especially if that's the first time it's happened. We know there's been some, I mean, Sam Straub had some really good years recently, and Nick is ninth most in a single season all-time at SIU. So definitely, like we've said, a lot of big yardage games for Nick, and then a lot of not. We will talk about him again. Some more quotes that he had uh, going into uh, this game uh, this weekend and off of last week. Uh, so now, no, let's jump into, I saw that Craig Haley had a tweet about that they don't usually come out with, uh, let's see here, that they don't, the FCS committee won't come out with a, uh, let's see, I'm scrolling, of course. Crystal ball-like rankings, crystal ball, yeah. yeah, and uh, usually they do, but I don't think they are, maybe they're not doing it this year, but he said no. he says no FCS playoff selection committee rankings this week, but we snuck off with the crystal ball of North Dakota State 1, Sam Houston 2, James Madison 3, Eastern Washington 4, Southeast Louisiana 5, Southern Illinois 6, Montana State 7, Northern Iowa 8, UC Davis 9, and ETSU 10. Which is interesting because uh, um, Southeastern Louisiana's resume is not very good. They they are, are like Sam Houston's undefeated and they've been sneaking away with a couple wins, but they're not tested like a lot of these other teams are, just like Southeast Louisiana. So it's interesting to see that. Yeah, I said at the sixth spot, we're not we're not too upset with that at all. <clears throat> and we know, obviously, yeah, we want good standing going in. So now let's segue to Sam Herter's 8.0 this week. Yeah, 8.0. Um, after a loss, uh, thought we might drop out of the top eight seeds, did not know. He kept us in the top eight. We are at the eighth seed, so we are right on the line. Hanging on. Hanging on for dear life. Um, he said SAU lost its first FCS game to UNI and is now 6-2 and two overall with an FBS loss. Said so the Salukis play Mo State, this Indiana State, and, and YSU. If they win out, that's a 9-1 and one record with versus the FCS with currently ranked two, cur- two currently ranked wins. That would be SDSU and Mo State. He said that is seedable resume. So, uh, and we know our strength of schedule and stuff we've seen. So, uh, as the eight seed, we'd uh, which we talked about this. I feel like he has this matchup a lot where it doesn't matter where we've been in his bracketology, but we get the winner, Missouri State and UT Martin. So that's interesting. I assume we would get a rematch against Missouri State, as I've been saying, and but. We're in the same bracket as North Dakota State, so that's uh, not good. No, it's not. We, we envision North Dakota State to keep on their trajectory. They do play South Dakota State this weekend. That will be interesting. So, like, whatever can happen there, a loss or a really, really close win. I mean, a win's a win. They're going to stay up there regardless. Um, but, yeah, I think – I mean, I, I would imagine maybe, I guess maybe not, if whatever happens in our game against Missouri State, that, like, if we win, we might move up on these, obviously, and Missouri State might either fall out or fall to a different spot. Who knows? We've been having them in these. So, yeah, I think after this matchup, maybe that would change, I would imagine. But perhaps not, yeah. We talked how we want we want one of these middle seeds, obviously. We don't want to play North Dakota State, even though, you know, last year aside, obviously, they're a new team. And even with somewhat familiarity, like we haven't played Eastern Washington or, or JMU or any of these other schools. So 
Um, I guess it would be nice to maybe meet in North Dakota State in the title game if we got put in a different place. But we'll see how it all plays out the last three games. Yeah, it's a definitely a big game this weekend. See how it all plays out. We will keep all of that updated. Um, we'll talk about here and the upcoming Valley and FCS games before we discuss our game. Let's segue now to uh, Branson, who's been everywhere this week. He was on an interview before the great game he had against Northern Iowa. Uh, he was on the post games and all that stuff. Now, he this past Monday, Noah, he was on the, in the doghouse. How'd that go? It was a really good interview. They were just uh, a lot of uh, repeat questions. Everybody asked him about switching switching over and what it took him to switch over. And uh, they talked about his, his how he got to Carbondale and nobody – uh, nobody wanted him out of high school that we were, we, we were his only offer besides maybe a few others. And uh, his cousin is Michael Lindenauer. And I guess Lindenauer came over a camp at SIU and so did Branson. And he, and he got the offer from that camp. So uh, so we got him here, and we're, which we're thankful for because he came here. So uh, he says it's he's had, a, he's had a good time. He just wanted to get on the field like he's been saying. So that's why he switched over. Definitely a lot of that we've been hearing. We were we were going to get to the point, I think we mentioned maybe already, that Coach O said that it was kind of difficult in convincing him to switch over. There's a quote that he had, again, on the Monday press, which I don't know if we detailed whenever we uh, had our recap on Monday, so we'll cover that again here later. So, yeah, he, he's been answering the, kind of the same kind of questions a lot, which it's whatever. Definitely if you're, you know, you're getting these opportunities, if you're playing good and he's a good player, so – uh, it's good to see. And then Richie met with Gene Green. And Noah, another one of those new guys that keeps preaching a family-based, uh, you know, and a great uh, team atmosphere and family atmosphere here. And he uh, talked to uh, Gene about the fact that he didn't have that in Miami, Ohio, and he didn't have the chemistry with his coaches and stuff. And he knew, he said he had a press conference with Coach Hill, and he said he just moved him right away, that he could sell him right away on coming here. Talked about how he was a really good linebacker out of Indianapolis. That he was pretty much a will linebacker there, and Miami, Ohio, recruited him to be a linebacker. But he was kind of <clears throat> whatever a two-point, three-point stance. He said that he was kind of fluctuated a lot between all of those. So he preached how much he enjoys being here. Obviously, we we love having him. He's a big part of the future as well. Uh, and then he also talked about. Uh, Obviously, off this first hour, whatever loss after the Kansas State loss, first official and Valley loss, that he isn't expect the team to, uh, uh, you know, play any different or act any different. They're just looking ahead. So that was another great one. It's good to finally hear from him. We know he's had a good season. They said he had two or six quarterback hurries, four sacks, however many tackles for loss with 30-some tackles. So definitely an impact season. Uh, now, Noah, now let's get into – before we uh, preview Missouri State, uh, what other we know the big one. What are some other Valley and FCS games this weekend? Yeah, there's a couple other. Uh, a decent one. It's interesting to see what Northern Iowa they go on the road to Illinois State. Uh, we know Illinois State. Illinois State's not an easy matchup, especially on the road. So that'll be interesting to watch. And you get Youngstown traveling to North Dakota. Uh, expect North Dakota to handle them. Then South Dakota is going on the road to Western Illinois. It feels like Western's had a heck of a home games. I mean, how many home games have they had? I mean, it feels like they've played at home every, pretty much almost every week, it feels like. Definitely but, us and South Dakota State they've played. 
Then, um, then you got the big one. North Dakota State travels to South Dakota State. That's a big one. Um, a lot of rumblings around this game. If South Dakota State wins this game, they get back in the seed picture. Then if we win out, then Northern Iowa wins out. It's hard not to seed all four Valley teams, but that's interesting. This will get them back in the seed picture. This will put them pretty much placed in a seed because uh, – South, we know we want South Dakota State to win this so we can maybe share a Valley title, but it almost would say... In the game's where? It's at South Dakota State. So, but seed-wise, you may not want them to win because it could knock us out. Because, But it's close. It, like I said, it's back in like 2019, believe the Big Sky. I think it was the Big Sky. It was pretty much hard for the committee not to seed all four top Big Sky teams. So it could be that scenario for us this year in the valley with you and i winning out and if we went out then the, the then the jackrabbits knock off the bison this weekend i think that keeps showing the importance of this game on saturday for us yeah if because that be, would be great if definitely because when we beat them by one obviously let's say they beat north dakota state by uh you know a, a touchdown or more potentially you never know Definitely could help us, and you're right. It could knock us out. It just depends what we do on Saturday. We have to take care of our own business. So, uh, what other FCS games are there? Yeah, um, I don't think there's maybe besides us. There's not a lot of other Nothing notable off the top of my head. Um, let me scroll through here real quick, and I can find something. Maybe I don't think other than us, we're maybe the only ranked matchup of the weekend again. Um, Which is good. Yeah, William & Mary, who got off a big win, is at Delaware. That's an interesting to watch. Oh, VMI is VMI at ETSU. Um, they're tied in the top of their conference. That's a big one to watch, and that's playoff watch. So, um, other than that, I don't think that's all we got this weekend that's notable. So, yeah, Missouri State. Tennessee State, UT Martin. is the. They're both could be at the top of the OVC, so that's interesting one to watch as well. Yeah, what about SEMO? Who's SEMO got? Because so. um, we know, obviously, we talked about, yeah, they're think the they're, I think they may have their bye week this okay. week. Figured so, potentially. They're getting, I mean, just in terms of how their season's playing out, the potential of maybe getting a playoff spot. Their, their bye coming this late, I guess, kind of helps them in a way. Oh, to, Southeastern Louisiana at Incarnate Word is the other big one of the week. Oh, also, I forgot this one, duh. Um Montana State is at Eastern Washington. That's four. That's four and five in the country. So that's the biggest one of the week, probably. Besides South Dakota State and North Dakota State. Uh, uh, who's hosting that game? You said? Uh, Eastern Washington. So yeah, that that will definitely be uh, one to watch for. There's gonna be a, some more shakeups for the next bracketology and how everything could play out. It's it's, it's getting towards crunch time and it's getting uh, scoreboard watching in a sense. So. That is fun season. You know, it could be nerve-wracking season. If you're a team like North Dakota State, you're sitting pretty, and we think we're kind of sitting pretty too. That, in a way, but you need you need to win this game. That's a must win. It seems like a must win, yeah, without a doubt. So, uh, now, no, let's jump into these Bears. We mentioned, I'm pretty sure I thought they were, I guess, in different uh, polls. They were 20th, but it says they're 17th this week. So, and they are right behind us at 4-2 in conference. We are 4-1. And... Uh, we lead this. We lead the all-time series with Missouri State. It's it's really it's about as close as you can get. Twenty-two to twenty-one. Um, we've won two of the last three, and they've won three of the last five. 
This will be the second time the two teams have met when both teams were ranked in the top 25. Um, they were 19 and we were 15 in 1991. Uh, and obviously we know Missouri State won last year's meeting. Uh, Justin Strong had a great game the last time we met with them. Uh, career high nine receptions for 96 yards. Uh, although most teams or both teams returned the majority of their players from that game, neither team returns at starting quarterback. We know we lost Stone and they had Matt Strzok, who they don't, we don't have any, either of those two. This is our longest winning streak for Missouri State, or is seven, sorry, it is seven from 03 to 09. Um, we won the last meeting against them in Carbondale two years ago. We beat them by 23. Uh, we were at three and two lifetime against them at our place. And no, if we recall, obviously remember, or sorry, I'm thinking of the SEMO game years ago at Bush. They played at Bush Stadium against them in 1968. And we killed them, 5,000 fans there. It was called the Gateway Classic. Uh, so now, no, let's jump into some of their personnel. We know their quarterback's really good. Yeah, their coach, Bobby Petrino, we all know him. He's in his second season under the helm there. He's rejuvenated that program pretty much. And uh, uh, we know his past at Louisville, Western Kentucky, and such. And we know he's the cousin of our D coordinator. So, uh He's a really good coach, uh, so he's got that program going in the right direction. They're coming off a big win last week over North Dakota. They're, you mentioned their quarterback, Jason Shelley. He's coming off his eighth straight 200-yard 200 200, 200 passing game, so uh, which ties the Bears' single-season record. And uh, he's one of the nation leaders in nearly every passing category, any every passing category, ninth in yards per per completion, 10th in total offense, 14th in points for responsible, 12th in passing yards, 13th in um, passing yards per game, 18th in passing touchdowns, 25th in passing efficiency, and 26th in completions per game, which leads the MVC. He's coming off um, the player of the week in the Valley and newcomer of the week in the Valley. So uh, they uh, came off of two late scoring drives, in the win over North Dakota. So he's a dual threat guy. Um, his lead wide receiver, Tyrone Scott, he just posted his fifth 100-yard receiving performance of the season last week. So uh, he leads all conference wideouts with 111.3 receiving yards per game. So he's overall he's averaging 90 receiving yards per game, which ranks 14th nationally. He has 720 receiving yards, ranked 11th. Nationally, and six receiving touchdowns ranks 20th. Um, they got a really good offense, high-paced, high-scoring offense. So their offense is really scary. Yeah, and they love to throw the ball. We talked about how last game seemed like a big game to uh, pick our defensive backs for dogs of the game, let alone be good in general. And they had their moments, and we know this game definitely. Uh, I think it was Richie in his interview said that, obviously, uh, Jason Shelley's one to look out for. He's, he's their main focus in a sense. And he said that they had a game this season where it was pouring down rain and they still threw it about 50 times. So uh, it just makes you think, obviously, on a great day, that will be Saturday. It will definitely not be raining. It will be chilly and sunny. Um, that They will keep uh, definitely throwing the ball. Yeah, he is second in Missouri Valley in passing, 282 per game. And they're number two, yes, in Missouri Valley, 285.5 yards per game. Uh and now no other defense. I don't want to even bother trying to pronounce it, but I'll try. Their linebacker, Farron Manu Lelalua, 
is the Missouri Valley's defensive player of the week this week. Definitely a stud. What do you got on him? Yeah, they have a a really solid defense. Um, like you said, good luck with that name. But uh, they both got a player of the week honors in this. Uh, so uh, he wrecked up 10 total tackles as a part of their uh, defense against North Dakota State or North Dakota last weekend. So, uh, and I believe that they're part of their defense uh, had two fu- two fourth quarter fumbles. So uh, they recovered. So their defense is really solid. Um, and their punter, I believe uh, their punter, if I can think of his name off the top of my head, um, Grant Burkett, he ranks first in the Valley and third nationally in punting average with 46.7. And uh, helping the Bears rank second in the nation in net punting. He has 12 punts this season of 50 yards or more with 10 down inside the 20. So uh, he's really good in their place kicker, Jose Pisano. Leads the Valley and ranks fourth nationally in field goals per game. Also ranks 13th nationally in the scoring, which is third best in the Valley, while his 83% field goal accuracy, 15 for 18, ranks 18th among all FCS kickers. And his season field goal total is at 15, is tied for third best in Missouri State history. So good special teams as well. Holy cow, I'd say. So they definitely get far into your territory, and if they don't do anything, they're confident kicking the ball. Yes, and you said their punter. Is really good as well. This is definitely just this is a game. This is just a huge game in terms of we thought last week was big and it was. That I don't think anybody's underestimating Missouri State. They definitely have what it takes to win and be a playoff team and cause ruckus. They yeah, they're great on both sides. They share the Missouri Valley lead with eleven interceptions on defense and they return two for touchdowns. So I'd love to see what we rank in interceptions. Brian, you know, Branson had two last week. Uh, I wonder where we're probably not too far off that. It feels like we haven't had a lot this year. We know we've had one pick six, PJ at Kansas State. So definitely, I mean, if they have a great linebacker and a defense that turns it over and they have quarterback play like that and a good receiver, they will definitely be a problem. That's for sure. And we know they're one and one versus FCS ranked teams this fall. They lost North Dakota State uh, late last month. So, yeah, definitely a quality game, one that we will have to rely on. Pa- rushing the passer, you know, you and I had a great offensive line, weren't able to get to him. Maybe that'll change this game because uh, uh, Northern Iowa produces NFL offensive line. And hopefully we can get some quarterback pressure. And Richie, it seems like guys that come off interviews every week have big games. Uh, so we're hoping that definitely sticks to it. Yes, we will get. I'm sure Bryce is pissed off and wants to play and we'll play really, really good on Saturday, we hope. Uh, so hopefully we get some uh, pass rush on that, and we will definitely have uh, our keys or our dogs of the game. So let's jump into those before we get into some quotes. Noah, uh, who sticks out, you think, this week for offensive dog of the game? Yeah, um, it's different. I almost want to say Nick Baker since he needs to, yet again, a lot on his shoulders. Yeah, a lot on his shoulders. Prove himself to stay consistent and not turn the ball over. But I went with one of our four-headed monsters, and I went with he had a he had a couple good gains last week. Had a big one too. Romir Elliott. I think we got to get one of them going. So I'm going to go with Romir this week. I definitely agree. We talked about how to a lot is on Nick's shoulders, but that's checking down. Or in terms of obviously, you know, knowing what the defense is having out there, know that you you can audible to like a run, like all different things of what a quarterback should do. Because we did say 
if you want to take a little bit off his plate because he's been turning it over a lot, you've got to run the ball. I agree with you. I will go with Donovan because I think they didn't use him at all last week, and I think that's a, a decent reason why we lost uh, our leading rusher, so hopefully he can get going this week. What about defense? Yeah, defense um... – this team likes to pass the ball, and uh, I'm going to hasn't we haven't talked about him, mentioned him a lot, um, which is sometimes a good thing when you don't mention somebody. But he hasn't showed up on the stat sheet a lot. We know our front seven gets a lot of the tackles, but uh, going with our ball hawk, and that's Clayton Bush this week to get a big turnover, maybe somewhere. You're right, and we know he can uh, return punts as well. Yes, he does like to block field goals, and they kick a lot of them. So that's definitely a good pick in every facet for Clayton. It's just we haven't heard a lot of them this year. I will go with Bryce coming off of getting sus- or getting kicked out of the game, getting ejected, that he will be playing fiery, hopefully not too fiery to where stuff like that would happen to him again. We'll see. Um, and special teams, Noah, obviously, uh, we didn't see we didn't see Isaiah really at all returning kicks, I don't think, last week. It'd be nice to get him. I will go with Isaiah to get going potentially because he's, he's done good at that at home. Who do you got? Yeah, um, we haven't seen with Avante's injury. We have not seen Isaiah back in the last couple of weeks. So I went with Donovan, who Donovan Spencer, who we we've seen back there. Not a lot of we don't get a lot of return opportunities, a lot of touchbacks against us. So hopefully we can get one this week. It might be Donovan or Isaiah. It's good. That's a good way to get someone like Donovan going. Yeah, if it's not running the ball, it's hopefully returning a kick. We know there's a lot of touchbacks. We don't get many opportunities, but it can swing a game like we know it did against Illinois State. So. Definitely some good picks there. We know our, our our punter and kicker will continue to be – they're almost like giving dogs to the game sometimes because obviously you have to be good in that facet. Make kicks when you can and, and pin and flip the field like Jack definitely can to a great level. So it'll be a battle of special teams this week too. We'll be looking forward to that. Uh, now Noah, some close to end this thing. Coach Hill, uh, some specifics we didn't get into about – he talked about Missouri State a little bit. Uh, he said they beat us last year in the very end of the game. It was a good football game. They are certainly a top 15 team. They have done a great job and had some wins themselves. We have to have a great week of practice. Like I always preach, I like the leadership on this team, how they came in yesterday, which was Sunday, ready to work, ready to watch the film and get better. It's about having the humble confidence that we always talk about and preparing for a big game on Saturday. And then a quote here, because like we said, we've talked about Branson's situation, all that stuff. Uh, he had a quote about Branson moving to defense. This conference season, he's made plays in every conference game we've had. Big plays, tackles, interceptions now. He's so young on his, on his time in defense, too. He's only going to continue to get better. It says a lot about him as a person. The unselfishness to switch positions. He loved playing wide receiver. He's made big plays for us there. Heck, I'm watching the film right now, and there's a clip of him making a 40-yard touchdown reception against Missouri State last year. Now he's on defense. He's ultimately a football player and has done an outstanding job for us. Like we said, we know Coach Hill said he is one of the top 22 players on the team, and definitely at this point, without a doubt, he is. He talked about fan support and the dog pound. Hopefully, he says, yeah, winning consistently keeps them coming back, he says, so we're excited to be at home. And then, no, he said again, we mentioned how let's end here with a little discussion on Nick Baker, something we've had off of the pod, and we talked about it a little bit. And we talked about how, or he was asked about his reaction to Saturday. He said, there's no flinch in Nick Baker. It hasn't crossed my mind and how Nick Baker is doing. He's on a leadership council. He walks in the building the same way every day. We play in a really tough conference, and we want to win them all. We've had a lot of fun locker rooms after close wins, but when you take that field and after 
60 minutes, there's another side of that locker room too, and there's a lot of growing moments in those locker rooms as well. Nick has now had two of those, grew, grew from them. We talked about that last time we were at Kansas State. We didn't come up in a two-minute opportunity. We talked about how we'll be better for that this season because those situations will come back again. You continue to bank those moments. That's why experience is so important for a position like quarterback. So, no, we have talked a little bit about Nick and obviously his importance or his the pressure that he has and, you know, and Nick Hill's belief in him. What are some things we talked about off about about Nick Baker and obviously what he's got to do to lead us to a championship and things that have stuck out good or bad? Yeah, the, the main thing to me is uh, we've seen his potential. We've seen what he can do. He did it last year. Against number one team in the country, North Dakota State, he did it at South Dakota State, where we've seen him at almost his highest level of play, and we know he can do that. It's just he's just got to find the consistency. He's got to cut these turnovers, cut them out. They cannot happen, especially the ones um, that he's just trying to make a play out of nothing. He just needs a. He needs to realize if he's watching the film, he, he probably sees it. I know uh, um, he probably needs to take a little so check in the mirror and say, look, at, I need to just take these check downs. I need to take here. I need to scramble here. Just like Patrick Mahomes the other night, uh, he, he tries. he's a lot like he, – he tries to make a big play out of nothing sometimes, and he can't do that. He just needs to realize, hey, the check down's there, or I can scramble for four or five yards here. That's – and not and uh, two hands on the ball in the pocket when we're uh, about to get hit or something. I know if it's blindside, he can't see him coming. But, yeah, he's just got to cut the turnovers out, find some consistency here um, in this late stretch of the season and get us going into the playoffs. Because we've said multiple times, too, that Nick says that he wouldn't trade Nick Baker for any other quarterback. And, obviously, he's whether he was asked that, I think he just randomly said that. So, obviously, he's going to say that regardless. Um, and he said there's no flinch in him, and that's you know that's something we've noticed that he's he's a gamer for sure. His teammates love him in that regard. He's definitely competitive, clearly, because he, he's done a lot of winning in his career. That just in general, let's say he obviously had a bad game and we won. I think he's still in the mindset of wanting to get better. We just haven't yet. Yeah, it gets. I don't think we've seen him a game this year do everything well. And I know that's you know it's tough to say to be perfect in a game, but. That is like him rolling out or running, him uh, making accurate throws or him throwing it out of bounds or hitting the checkdowns, like we've said. It's like we're waiting, and I maybe he's saving it for the end of the season. I don't know. This is the game where he's got to definitely, with their defense that can turn the ball over, it's, it, this is a pivotal game for him. It, and we talked how it is on his shoulders because, obviously, you've got to have good quarterback play to win a championship for the most part. It, you know, it, it can happen, I think, of teams, obviously. There was a thing, then you say uh, something with Isaiah Davis recently coming back, like just in general, like a great running team like that who could carry them to wins with decent, with pretty good quarterback play. It's like, and we have a great running game, but that's not something that we think and hasn't really carried us through games sometimes against lesser opponents maybe, but it can happen here. It is all on Nick. So we agree with the no flinch. He's definitely the gamer. We just need... And he could base off, you know, getting mad over the Kansas State game and this past game to get him fiery and going. If we see South Dakota State Nick Baker the rest of the way, and it's all about what ifs. Who says we don't come back here on Monday and talk about some more inconsistencies? Because we said, yeah, it's a must-win game. So, no final thoughts on him and, in general, going into this game. 
Yeah, you just got to find that consistency and uh, continue to get better. We know we know Nick Hill keeps saying it. Well, he's a young quarterback and blah, blah, blah. And I said it. He's been here a long time. Yeah, he's been here three years now, I think. And uh, I said I said it in the offseason. I'll say it now. With, if, if he doesn't get hurt, I believe Michael Lindauer probably wins the job. And uh, I just feel like – and we know how – we could tell in the press conferences how Nick felt about him, and we knew he was getting the job. And uh, but I feel like Lindauer might have probably would have won the job, and maybe in the offseason could steal it back from him. But we'll see what he does. Obviously, yeah, we he's just got to cut down the turnovers because uh, um, we've had a lot of games this year with multiple turnovers, either fumbles. Or, the yeah, game. yeah, it's just. Especially the one Saturday coming off Branson's pick, and we turned it right back over to him. And we, yeah, we just got to find some drives here, long drives, get our defense some rest because they played way too many snaps this season. So yeah, we got to figure something out and uh, find some consistency, getting ready for these playoffs down the stretch. We know we got two two bad teams to play, so hopefully we can get some consistency. And we got a big one this weekend though. So yeah, we got to take care of the take care of the Bears. This weekend, they're, they've had um, they play all four quarters. They don't give up. They've had, I believe, uh, three fourth quarter comes back this season's now. So uh, they're a good team. We got to watch out for them. And uh, believe we, I believe uh, we opened up as a four point favorite. So uh, that shows how close to the game. What everybody thinks it's going to be a close game. It's going to be a hard fought game. So we got to find some consistency. And we got to we got to score points. I believe we got to win this by 10, 10 or more points. We got to find something. Yeah, you're right. We have talked about how a two possession win, whether that's ten points, definitely isn't appropriate or anything more than that. But we've been playing close games. It almost seems like that can't happen. I'm glad you mentioned Lindauer because you're right. Coming over here, I think there was some hype around him. Obviously, in general, and we talked about how close it seemed at one point with Stone, Lebanowitz, and Nick. It's kind of a coin flip, but, but of course, Nick, over time, Nick Hill, um, you know, uh, pretty much just broke it at, at whatever point. It, not really out of nowhere, but you could just tell he was aiming towards Nick Baker, and obviously that led to Stone leaving. Just who, like, obviously, who, if, let's say, Stone won the job right away, he's still here, and he's still here. Let's say he gets hurt or just loses in general, and Nick comes in. Who knows how it all plays out? We're glad how it's paid off so far. We've we talked before how we think Stone could come into some of these games when Nick struggles and win it. Kansas State really is the main one that stuck out. Maybe it could have been the case last weekend. And yeah, it's on Nick Hill obviously too, because you're right, we need to get our defense off the field. We've said this that have longer drives. Run the ball. Uh, you know, don't put yourself in bad you know, don't have bad play calls on early downs and stuff. Get your you know, get fluent, get the running running game going. Run off some clock, give the defense rest. Don't score right away. If we score, it happens within a minute and a half, two minutes. So it doesn't do us any good. We need to be an all-around good football team. So you mentioned the four-point favorite at home. Any over-unders yet? Uh, I'd say it'd be – and there's no over-under. Right I'd, say, 40s. I'd say high 50s on no. these two teams. Yeah, you're right. With their offense and or both offenses, yeah, I mean, being able to score. Um, but the minus four, I will take us minus four about you. Yeah, I'm going to take us minus four, and I'll take the over, whatever it is. It's going to be a high-scoring game. I agree with you. And what were we uh, last weekend? I think you took the minus. I just thought of it now. I think I got the – You took – you got uh, you got both right, so we're both 12 and four. 
on so, the year. So some on the line, and we're picking the same picks this week. So who knows what the what the records will pan out then? So yeah, like we said, a lot going on. The blackout cancer, which is a big deal, obviously. The military appreciation. It's a a really important night with those two things going on there. We know it'll be. Hopefully, we said with the high school games in general. Hopefully, it's a good tailgate, a good crowd. Uh, the dog pound's been, like we said, going crazy again with uh, hyping this game and getting people there. They've done a really good job. They did a great job for the exhibition for basketball. So I'd say they'll continue to do it for football. We get more recruits in there, too. Just the vibe of being back home after a couple weeks. It will be nice. It will be chilly. Unfortunately, we'll be working, and it's a noon game. We might not be able to make it at all. We'll see, uh, or me anyway. So we'll definitely keep everybody posted. If we're not, obviously, we'll still – Listen to it and tweet away, so be sure to uh, follow along with that. Again, if you haven't already, follow our Instagram account, Dogs Podcast, for every post we have, mainly on our story. We haven't actually made a post in a long time, but keep up with that. And obviously, we're on Spotify. No, let's get out there. We haven't talked about it in a while. What else can people reach our podcast on? We only post a Spotify link, but what else can they? Yeah, we are on... uh... Google Podcasts as well, and we're on a couple others. Still haven't heard back from Apple, so I don't know what's going on there. So uh, they said it would take up maybe a day or so to get activated. That was like two months yeah, ago. Yeah, and I still haven't heard from them. I guess I'll have to find out again what's going on there. That's all right. We just know that um, obviously we have other uh, resources for people to listen to us, uh, but Spotify is the main one. And we know, obviously, if you don't have an account on Spotify, you can still listen regardless. So. We're definitely looking to get off the schneid again against a good Missouri State team. Cannot wait. Some playoff, a lot of playoff implications around the league and definitely big time at Suki Stadium this Saturday. So for Nick Malone, no alert. this has been the Dogs Football Podcast. We will see you guys on Monday. Go Dogs.